Hey, I'm Justin Sinceri, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am currently in between sessions. I wanted to bust out one more, at least hopefully one more question here that I got from a listener slash follower. Um, I have taken a break from content creation, so I'm trying to, uh, well, I am trying, I am doing, I'm not trying, I am doing. I'm creating uh, new courses, and the first one is actually to overhaul one I have right now. It's called Building Safety Anchors, and I've been going through a big overhaul of that. Uh, I'll tell you more about that at the end, as long as I remember. Usually I have these things outlined. This is not outlined, so I'm going to try and just like give you my thoughts here. And this is a pretty complex question, which I may regret answering right now and never publish this, but things like this require a lot of uh, outlining typically. Anyhow, I'm this is all top of mind stuff. So the question, I'll keep anonymous from uh, the person, but the question is, hey, I'm back with a question again. Why do some people become sex addicts, whereas... Some become drug addicts, and some become food addicts. It's trauma for all addictions at a fundamental level, but what variable in trauma distinguishes whether an individual is susceptible to sexual addiction versus food addiction versus substance addiction? So what factor, it's obviously more than one factor, One, but one of probably many factors, and I'm just kind of talking about what you know, whatever comes to mind here. One factor is obviously like what do you have access to? It's hard to become addicted to food if you don't have food to get addicted to, right? It's hard to become addicted to a drug if you don't have that drug to be addicted to. So that would be the first thing is like obviously like what do you have access to? And what that so that that's that. I don't think I need to go deeper into that. It's pretty obvious, right? Another factor would be what have you learned based on your context is how to deal with your feelings or your stuck defensive state, your trauma. So if you've been raised around someone who is an alcohol alcoholic, then you may learn, that may teach you that the way to deal with your feelings is maybe specifically alcohol, but maybe specifically just substance use in general. And so maybe you end up with something else, I don't know, but uh, it's not uncommon for, for uh, children of alcoholics to grow up and then use alcohol as a way to deal with their feelings and look back and say, oh my God, I'm doing the same thing. And that may simply be what you learned was a way to deal with your stuff or not, I guess, not deal with your stuff. So do you have access to it? That would be the first factor. The second factor would be, well, what'd you, what did you learn growing up? Probably growing up. What did you learn growing up as, as a way from the people in your life who are supposed to model these things? Like, what did you learn from them is how you're supposed to deal with your stuff or not deal with your stuff. The other thing would be, what did you get exposed to that kind of worked? And when I say worked, uh, I, I mean provided enough relief or escape. I'll say escape, not relief. What provided enough of an escape? I don't like that word either, but I'll, it's, it's not exactly relief. I guess, I guess it is. I'll, fine, I'll say relief. But I think relief's different when it doesn't come from like a behavioral adaptation. So what provided you enough relief and makes you want to do it again? Like what was rewarding enough? I mean, that's a better word. What was rewarding enough from your stuck defensive state that made you seek it out again? So somebody who has some like stuck, I'm just making this up. Someone who has a stuck freeze energy where they have a lot of panic inside of them. When they smoke marijuana, it might calm them down and they get they get that sense of relief that they need so they, they get some sort of escape relief 
whatever it is, from their stuck panicky flavor freeze trauma energy, okay? Now, if that same person was to try meth or alcohol or whatever, it may not give them that same sense of relief. It may amp it up. It may turn them into a person that they don't want to be. Maybe it amps up their, amps up their anger. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. So why do they become addicted to this thing and not another thing? I guess just more behaviorally. And when we look at feelings, I don't know the chemical makeup of all this stuff. I can't go to that. But when it, when it comes to just on that level of like, did you get what you want or not? And of course, these things are uh, physically reinforcing, biologically reinforcing. Absolutely. I just, I'm, I don't have enough, enough knowledge to talk in depth about that. So behaviorally, psychologically, emotionally, that this thing, this, this one avenue was more of a relief or more rewarding than this other avenue. Likewise, someone who's like in a stuck shutdown state, uh, smoking marijuana for them may not be what they, what, what they're searching for. Whereas getting addicted to caffeine, maybe that's an escape for them from their shutdown state. Maybe that gives them the motivation. Maybe that may, helps them to feel energized. And that's more rewarding for what they want than another avenue. So I, I would say, do you have access to it? What did you learn growing up as a way to deal with stuff? And what actually just like works? And I, I use works in quotations because it's, it's not really working. It actually probably makes things more difficult in the long run or even the short run. Oh, and part of, you know, what we learned growing up is we, not just what we learned that works, but what did we learn that was not acceptable? So culturally, based on family, based on church, whatever it is, what did you learn that was not okay? You may have learned that being thin and not, being thin was um, acceptable or even applauded. And so, or, so you may have learned that while also learning that drug use, substance use, uh, alcohol use was not acceptable, was not applauded. So when it comes to dealing with your own stuff, based on what you learned that was okay and wasn't okay, that may be a factor that comes into play as well, which is this thing over here is shameful, uh, and this thing over here will get me ostracized maybe in some way, versus this other thing which actually people will admire about me. So it kind of helps me relieve what I'm going through, and it gets this result that people might admire it, or it's just, at least it's acceptable. It's socially acceptable in whatever context. There was one more, but I can't remember it. I mean, I'll add on to this if I need to. Uh, oh, building safety anchors. So that is what I've been working on uh, and not the podcast. I missed the podcast, but I've been working on building safety anchors. I want to build my course creation business, and I can't do both at the same time. I can't do content creation and uh, do that. So... Uh, I've been focusing on the course creation aspect of it, and particularly right now is revamping building safety anchors. This is my self-development course that helps people to identify safety, practice safety, and to build their ventral vagal pathways or their vagal break. Uh, it's going through a major overhaul. It will, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you're interested in building safety anchors and you've been kind of putting it off, now is a good time to buy it. it right now it's 250 bucks. I fully plan on raising the price of this once the overhaul is done. Or basically, it's gonna it's gonna cost more. If you want the full program, it's gonna cost more. Uh, as of right now, I'm planning on releasing it again as a full program. That costs more. I'm not quite sure how much more, but it's gonna be significantly more. So if you if you've been putting it off because of that, now now is a really good time. And I just I feel like I need to be transparent about that. 
Uh, it's, but it, it, I'm really excited about where it's going. I'm not just adding video, I'm deepening the learning. And I have, uh, a, a, I think, a better structure rather than just like, here's what you do every day. Now it's like, here's the basic learning. If that's all you want, here you go. A very streamlined kind of approach. But if you do want that daily practice to build the capacity of your vagal break in a more meaningful, purposeful way, I'm going to have uh, uh, some daily practice listed out for, for those people who want that level of experience with building safety anchors. But uh, that's what's coming up now. And I'm just giving you a heads up about the price. I just feel like I, I, I would appreciate that. So I'm, I'm giving it to you. I would appreciate knowing something's going up in price. I'm giving you the heads up right now. And bye. That's it.